0: Welcome to the Wildlife Health Talks. This is the 19th episode introducing WDA members and their amazing work all over the world. We are still in pretty Athens, Georgia at the annual WDA conference. Today, we will be talking all things marine, including sea turtles, dolphins, and some other marine mammals. My guest worked as a marine mammal vet in Thailand before moving to the US, where he currently works on his PhD in sea turtle health at the University of Georgia. His name is Dr. Wirapong Prasit. He likes to be... <laughs> he like, I practiced for this. He likes to be called Mac. Welcome to the show, Mac. Thank you so much for having me, Kat.
1: How are you doing?
0: Pretty well, thank you. It's well, it's the second last day of the conference, right? So I guess we're all a bit exhausted? Yes. Yeah, mentally and physically. Kind of.
1: (laughs) But are you ready for tonight,
0: the banquet? (laughs) Oh, of course. Yes, I can't wait. That's usually the best part, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Mac, when did you join the WDA?
1: So I just joined the WDA a couple months ago as a student membership, just to present my work. And this is my first time joining, so I'm
0: excited. (laughs) That is very exciting. So that means, yeah, this conference is your first WDA experience.
1: It is my very first. Yes.
0: How do you like it so far? I like the vibe a
1: lot. I think it's very, you know, cool vibe where people can just talk. It's very friendly. I got to know you as the first time too. (laughs) So I think networking is a big part of this conference. I enjoy it so much.
0: (laughs) Cool, and we don't even need to dress up for the banquet, right? So it's the perfect conference where you can wear whatever you like. It's oh yeah,
1: I wear shorts and tank top.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And although we did learn today in the elevator that until recently, people did dress up for the banquet, right? So I'm so glad those days are over. I'm a
1: little scared, though. <laughs> if I would show up with shorts and tank top, people, you know, people would get, oh, <laughs> with my dress code.
0: Well, they better get used to it because that, <laughs> it, that's what it's like now.
1: <laughs> Easy.
0: Cool. So you went to vet school in Thailand. Which part of Thailand are you actually from?
1: So I was from... Rayong City, which is about an hour and a half from Bangkok. It's a coastal city, so I grew up by the beach.
0: Oh, very nice. But
1: my vet school is located in Bangkok, the capital city of Thailand.
0: Is there only one vet school in in Thailand or several?
1: We do have about 10 universities that have vet school in there. Six is officially accredited right now. So I'm one of the first veterinary school, you know, from that. Nice. Original vet school. Yeah.
0: Talking about cultural differences, do you have any like fun facts how vet school in Thailand might be a bit different to vet school in the US, for example?
1: I do have some fun facts. So I, I was surprised that people here in America went to pre-veterinary degree at first and then moved to the veterinary school for four years. In our country, we do six-year curriculum. We go straight from the high school and then it takes six years to achieve the degree as a DVM. So we learn a little bit longer but we, because we don't have the pre-science part. So we learn physics, math, and, you know, general chemistry, organic chemistry, and other stuff. In All those fun first subjects. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. That's pretty much what I'm used to as well. From Germany, we don't have the oh, pre veterinary degree either. Yeah, Interesting. we jump right in. Yeah. Oh, you know that. And anything else? Any other fun facts?
1: So in Thailand the food time is a very important time so for lunch we enjoy our food we just eat we don't really talk about work i was surprised when i first moved here seminar is hosted during the lunch time and people eat and work at the same time i wasn't shocked honestly (laughs) i was like these people work their their butts off i just don't understand that part (laughs) i can't eat and work at the same time (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) some other fun facts
0: that is funny that's true but i feel like thai food is just so good that you really need to enjoy it uh, you know, quietly, yeah, right? yeah so 100%. it's a big
1: deal Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that is funny i have interestingly i have been to a lunch talk in the u.s for the very first time as well and i was also like when am i supposed to eat my lunch like right. what while someone so else is speaking? like really
1: <laughs> is it proper
0: <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's true so funny um, did you have a lot of courses or classes about wildlife or marine mammals in particular? In, in, Thailand? in Thailand? Yeah,
1: yeah, we do have some in the required curriculum. We have zoo and wildlife medicine as a part of the vet school program. In that part, in that zoo and wildlife medical medicine section, we have one hour long marine mammal medicine section and that's it. So if you want to practice, Particularly in marine mammal or wildlife, you need to reach out as an internal or external program outside. You can go to the zoo, you can go practice in exotic pet uh, clinics, or you can go to, you know, aquaria to to train or Hmm. to learn all about marine life.
0: After vet school, you started working as a vet involved in stranding responses for the government. What was that experience like?
1: It was fun. I like my job. I love my job a lot. I cry when I left, you know, my Aww. institution. It was it was so much fun. So we work with sea turtle stranding, both live and dead stranding. We do have marine mammal stranding network, so we work on that too for both cetaceans all kinds, small cetaceans, large large cetaceans like Bryde's whale, Omura's whales. Oh, wow. We have those population endemicly live in Thailand. we have dugongs, so we work with dugongs too. It was fun.
0: Oh, nice. Were there mostly dead strandings or did you get a few live ones as well? For
1: the marine mammal part, it's a yes. Probably about one to three individuals with stranded live, you know, a year. So not a lot as compared to the dead ones.
0: Mm. Did you have the capacity to do rehabilitation as well with some of those animals?
1: We just established, in my generation, we don't have the actual facility we were a part of the first generation that created the facility so in my time when i was working we have you know an an old building that we use as a hospital and we right now we have actual hospital right now because people care more about marine mammal world so we have actual facility for rehabilitation long term and short term so we do rehabilitate animals when we then they start stranded
0: Oh, that's really time. awesome. And what about dugongs? How easy or difficult is it to rehabilitate them? Oh my
1: gosh, it's it's a mess. Dealing with dugongs is <laughs> a different story. You know, dealing with cetacean stranding is hard already. They're very challenging. Sometimes they stop breathing. Most of them come with late-term, like chronic diseases. For dugongs, we usually get mother and calf, sometimes calf predominantly. So dealing, dealing with the you know neonate dugongs is harder because they still need to drink milk. At the same time, they also reach out for seagrasses too. And seagrasses is a, another problem. We don't have seagrass culture in Thailand, so we just need to go out everyday, dive, or even tidal, you know, in the shore region to grab all the seagrass and keep coming back and feed the dugongs. And they need a lot of protection. they bond with us, you know, like a dog. So we spend time 24 hours with rotational volunteers day and night most of the time, so it's a little more challenging. For the big one, they stop breathing very easily. I understand it's very closely related to manatee, but the way that we deal with rehabilitation, is a lot harder. Dugongs is more wild. They don't get used to seeing human because they live in deep water, even though they live in shore as well, but also seawater, we don't have human interaction a lot, so they might not understand what are we and what we want from them. They get scared and stop breathing.
0: Yeah, wow, that is so interesting, isn't it? Although, yeah, as you said, dugongs manatees are fairly closely related, but then behavioral-wise, they seem to be very oh, different.
1: Oh, yeah, so different.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're a little traumatized by <laughs> trying to um, look after them. <laughs> yeah,
1: sort of, but it's fun. It was a fun experience.
0: I can't believe that. Yeah, nice. And you also did the necropsies when you had dead, stranded animals.
1: Right, because about 75% of all stranding, we got dead animals and we need to work with pathology in that sense so yeah end up learning a lot of pathology and do a lot of necropsy in the past yeah to just understand what's going on and you know working with marine life most of the time they come with decomposed or severely severely decomposed condition Mm. so but still pathology is a main key feature of learning about postmodern investigation
0: is that when you fell in love with pathology
1: yeah definitely so (laughs) Previously in the vet school, I was trained by clinical pathologists, but it's still about hematology and cytology. Didn't have a chance to do a lot of necropsy back then. But when I was working as a veterinary officer, I definitely fell in love with necropsy and histopathology. Learning from that perspe- perspective, you see broader sense or border understanding about the whole process we do we got to do you know necropsy for whole body we take the lungs out we see oh they have pneumonia why because they have immunocompromised by for example cetacean morbid viruses they got immunocompromised because they infect the white blood cells and then the lungs got easy to approach to other secondary bacterial infection and fungal infection because of the immunocompromised condition so that we can see the whole process a lot easier than than other subjects
0: yeah yeah it's so much more insightful oh yeah yeah i i can relate to that for sure and you had a whole list of tasks in that position you also did some conservation work like surveillance via planes tell me a bit more about that
1: that's a little bit sad because we don't have enough people because you know working in the government we have limited budget and sometimes we got just five people working for the whole program for the whole year and ended up veterinarians need to learn the ecology part of it too. So marine biology asked us to do, to help them to conduct a survey, to understand the abundance of the species, the distribution of the species. So I got to learn a lot about, you know, go on the boat and also on the aircraft to see them in the ocean and then count them, use a the GIS matching with the photo identification. So for example, I went on the aircraft, just me and the pilot himself flying up to the air I went outside, swing by, out of the window with a <laughs> nice little camera, take picture of all of them, and then just spinning around in the air for half of the day. <laughs> That's of amazing. Photos, so
0: it's kind of fun. <laughs> wow, that is very impressive. But despite you really love your job, but you decided to move to the US and do a PhD. What made you move?
1: Because we still have a lot of paucity. I mean, you know, knowledge gap is still in wildlife. It's a common problem in all fields in all species when I worked for four years at that time I feel like there's so many questions I cannot answer by myself so I was seeking for something else apart from just a regular training attending to the workshops what can what can help me to achieve that goal to answer all the questions I cannot answer so I was thinking applying for this scholarship I got a Fulbright scholarship
0: oh that's awesome well come. thank done. you
1: thank you to come here so the reason I applied for it just to do more research. This is the first thing I wanted to do, and then I explore furthermore about the residency program afterward. That in America, you guys have the residency training program, just particularly for pathology, some subspecialty in zoo pathology. So I finished my first. I'm about to finish my first test right now as a PhD, as you know. So that's the main thing that I that I came here to the state just to do research and fill, fill in the gap about wildlife diseases.
0: Yeah, awesome. That brings me directly to your research project. As you said, you have been working on your PhD for almost five years. Sure, you have <laughs> That's a long a time. A lot of work, exactly. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your um, PhD research? What are you trying to answer?
1: I'm going to sound like a nerd, but I'm going to be a nerd because it's fun.
0: That's what this podcast
1: <laughs> is, is for, for nerds. So... From
0: nerds for nerds. So <laughs> you fit right in.
1: So our lab, with my PI Dr. James Stanton, we've been working extensively with the third-generation sequencing technology called Minion Sequencing. So it's a long-read sequencer. The first project is to develop the better sequencing tool using one primer achieve the entire genomes across viral species and family. So we are developing pan mobily virus using one primer for all kinds of morbidly viruses, including measles disease in human, canine distemper virus from tiger, lion, and dogs, cetacean morbidly viruses from dolphins and focet distemper viruses, and also feline mobily viruses. So our plan is just to use this tool, develop the primer and work across and get one entire genome from one primer. That's the first project. Develop the di- diagnostic tool for better characterization of the viruses. Another tool shift gear a little bit, mm-hmm. we work on total Health. So the first project is to use the same tool, minION sequencing, as a meta- metagenomic approach to get viruses from enteric tract. So Ctotal have some infection, you know, fibropapillomatosis caused by Kilonian herpes virus 5, but it seems like this is the only virus that we commonly know about Ctotal what about others? So I look back and we technically don't have any viruses reported from GI tract, from sea totals So we work on that from the East Coast and the West Coast, coast with our collaborator, gather all information. Basically, I work with sea turtles poop <laughs> to find the <laughs> virus in that. <laughs> the third project, which I'm presenting right now in this conference, is working with non-superative encephalitis that was previously characterized and diagnosed as an idiopathic. So we didn't know what's going on. We use this tool.
0: Is this a, f- a common disease in sea turtles? Do you see I that I guess a lot?
1: so. Maybe we see it sometime, you know. <clears throat> but some, most of the time in, in reptile world, we ended up having, oh, maybe it's herpes virus, maybe it's, it's Banja virus, maybe mm. it's, you know, a new virus that's just discovered in Florida group, facial virus. But this one seemed very different. It caused severe vascular cups characterized by mononuclear cells, we we don't really see that in others. Seems striking, but we couldn't figure it out what it was. So we did EM. We see some viral like uh, particles, but again in brain it's just hard to determine viruses or virus particles because look very like synaptic synaptic vesicles. Mm. So we did next generation sequencing and we found makes me get goosebumps because it's very <laughs> exciting to me.
0: So we found new that.
1: viruses that I never heard before called <clears throat> true virus. But this is the first time, not just for this true virus, for, but for the entire order that the virus belongs to, jing viral reefs, they never cause disease in animals ever. They oh, just wow. found it metagenomically in other in bot species or in worms or in coral reef or in antsy animony. But we, we never find any pathology you know, interaction with this virus. So this is the first time of the entire order of this new virus causing disease in animals it makes me... Very excited. You
0: didn't get to name that new virus because it was already described. Just not in... But I named the
1: species, so I named it... You you did. I did name the species part. Pisceshoe virus. Pisces, like a fish, PC. Yeah. Pisceshoe virus, somebody named it already. But Tastudini we named it because I want to name it myself, but I don't want to be a virus. (laughs) I want to be infectious (laughs) agent. So Pisceshoe virus teestudini as a cause of kilonian pathic encephalitis
0: oh very, very cool it sounds like a giant learning curve I assume you wouldn't have done anything with genomics and sequencing in Thailand right so you had to learn yeah. all this I, Was would, that I had some mental breakdown a couple of <laughs> times <laughs> it's a natural part of the PhD yeah
1: right so but I'm glad I'm, I feel grateful that I got to learn all this stuff computer science is not a part it's not in my plan at all it wasn't on my plan so I learned a lot about coding. I'm still learning about coding. By no means, I'm not the expert, but I'm trying to learn. It's very important for veterinary uh, professions and also infectious disease profession because it makes everything a lot easier just to manage big data analysis by computer science. Yeah.
0: Sure, we can't avoid it anymore, right? It's coming up, yeah. What's your plan after your PhD?
1: So because I'm really into pathology and I, I definitely fall in love. Previously, I wasn't sure I fall in love. That's a big commitment. But again, all my discovery wouldn't have been succeeded without pathology. We wouldn't be able to describe the idiopathic encephalitis without histopathology. I real, I realized even more that, oh, pathology is a great foundation before stepping to other platforms. I understand that we can achieve the. Def- Definitive diagnosis or co-infection using metagenomic, but we can avoid pathology part because we can find viruses in any kinds of species, but without pathology. And this is a bridging, you know, platform for all kinds, mm-hmm. just to make sure that it causes disease in animals. So I'm gonna do residency in. Path- I'm, I'm applying for another big pathology residency right now.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Well, good luck. I'm sure thank it you. will work out.
1: So I will keep my finger crossed, but thank you.
0: <laughs> Mac. your story is so cool and thank so you. full of obviously challenges and so many cool projects you've done. Well, I'm sure there are lots of people who are like, oh, wow, I want to do what Mac is doing or has done. Oh, so, you may change your mind. How do you see how I am? But. <laughs> they know now that it's not all fun, but what would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give them? I would encourage
1: them to seek out for opportunities. I came from the country that marine mammal medicine and pathology wasn't a thing. But if we don't have it, we created it then. We can create, you know, your own, your own group of people and encourage them to do it. But right now, because we have, we created it already, so in Thailand we have marine life Veterinary hospital because of our generation, we have courses going on. People care more about this particular profession. Previously, people might think that, oh, this is a dream job. You wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I'm doing my work right now. So, for those folks who are still figuring it out what you want, listen to your heart. Sometimes it's right, and it is right for me to do what I'm doing right now. And I'm trying to do more to expand this too other people to other society and fill in the gap again and you know have sustainable conservation in our world for our world
0: (laughs) that's awesome can you imagine or are you thinking of one day going back to Thailand and apply what you learned Mm
1: -hmm. I would love to this is my ultimate goal that's the reason why I came here right just to you know help them have a stronger stranding response a better diagnostic approach I would love to do long-term project but again working in such a resource gas is hard we need to lay down a great foundation we need to first have a great pathologist first and then starting from there but i would love to not just my country thailand but for the entire region so it's asian rather or the earth rather
0: (laughs) sure even if that means working with dugongs every now and then
1: I would love to work
0: with Duke. <laughs> <laughs> They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for for being my guest on the show. Thank you Mac. for having me. It's so much fun to talk with you. Yeah. And um, yeah, and all the uh, all the best and good luck for your you. future path. And um, I feel like we have to talk again very soon because I feel like <laughs> there's more interesting stuff and exciting stuff and this ahead. This just such a small world. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Thanks for listening to the Wildlife Health Talks. We will be back with a new story in two weeks. Bye for now. Bye.